seven o'clock to come meeting to order. The first order of business is approval of minutes from June 7th, 2022. Is there a motion? Motion to approve minutes. Is there a second? Second. Any comments, questions, discussion? Being none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, none. Next is chapter 61, challenge right of first refusal to purchase approximately 113 acres of land off 215 Prospect Street. Discussion and vote on recommending use of CPA funding for purchase to town council. Jamie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, through you to the committee. So um, before, and I know this, we'll explain this in a little, in a minute, but um, it's a pretty big decision tonight. Um, this is the official public hearing uh, for the, to exercise the right of first refusal to purchase uh, 113 acres of the Schmidt Farm parcel, which is, uh, most people know is 115 acres. Um, we have some maps over there on the wall, um, not on the wall, on the easels, and there's gonna be some maps on here. So I'm just gonna give a short PowerPoint presentation to give everybody the facts and um, dynamics, and uh, hopefully tonight will be a very exciting time. So uh, this PowerPoint presentation right now is not online. It, um, uh, it is not on the website after tonight. Uh, the staff is going to load it both up onto the CPC webpage as well as the town council webpage for tomorrow night's meeting. Um, but I wanted a little mystery, <laughs> so I didn't put it up in advance. Um, I wanted to make sure, make sure Steve was here in person. Uh, taking pictures of each one, uh, but we're going to go through and just for everybody that's at home, the first couple slides relate to Chapter 61. There's some links in here. I'm not going to go through it all. I know this body has already been through this exercise, but uh, for those at home that haven't seen this, um, Chapter 61 is actually three different sections: 61, 61A, 61B, and it's basically property tax breaks, really deference. Uh, to maintain productive agricultural, forested, or passive recreation uses for private landowners. The only, uh, one of the caveats is it has to be a parcel of five acres or over. People always ask me how many acres is enrolled in Chapter 61 land. Uh, so we've tallied it up. Uh, it's about 1,200 acres throughout the community. It's technically 58 properties, but it's really 20 or so blocks. Um, one of the maps over there on the side is actually the status of 61 uh, in town. So folks in the audience here tonight want to go check it out, they can look on the map up there. Um, and then um, the Mass Association of Conservation Commissions has a uh, extraordinarily long uh, uh, PowerPoint presentation that they offer. I've created the link here, so um, if folks are interested when this goes out, they can take a look at that PowerPoint show. Um, it's very, very long, but very uh, comprehensive. Jamie, when you say 20 blocks and 58 parcels, that's if one person owns three or four parcels together, you're considering that one block. Exactly, so the two golf courses are actually one parcel apiece, um, but these areas over here, like in red, those are actually probably five, six, seven. There are some that are probably 10 parcels. They're a little, uh, little kind of splinted up. Also, the Country Day area up in the top, that's another classic one that has multiple parcels, parcel IDs, um, but it's really considered kind of one block when people think about it, exactly. So under the statute, um, there are essentially two avenues for a town to exercise a right of first refusal. The first one we're very familiar with, last summer the town purchased the Maple Hill property 
And that had gone through a full permitting process via the planning board and the conservation commission and all the other permitting agencies to determine exactly what the full fair value of that parcel was based on the amount of developable lots and what the market rate of the lot was at the time. Okay? And so um, I just want to note um, that that process probably took a couple years, at least a year and a half on Maple Hill uh, in the center of town. Maybe a couple years, maybe even a little longer than that. Um, and then when you get to the end of that permitting process, the owner is required to send to the town the right of first refusal, which then is the infamous 120 days the community has a decision to make um, on whether they want to exercise that right of first refusal. Um, we're now going to be real 61 experts in Franklin because now we're doing the second process, not by choice um, necessarily. Uh, this is just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. There is a second process um, and uh, it's actually a landowner can declare a change of use of that property. In this case, the landowner sent to the town uh, its intent to change the use of the property from an agricultural use to a residential Okay. And so that, that, that change of use, I want to know for everybody, does not trigger the 120 days. Okay. In the statute, there is an extraordinarily elaborate and laborious appraisal process. And why is those appraisal processes go on? Because it hasn't gone through the appropriate permitting process that the Maple Hill property went through. So as I put up note up here, the process involves a long, cumbersome statutory appraisal process that's taken the town and the landowner well over a year to go through that process. If you really think about it, both of them really took a year to a year and a half. This could have taken longer, the permitting might have been a little longer or shorter, but ultimately you get to the same consensus where the town does an appraisal on the, rent, on the land with a certain set of assumptions, the, the owner does an appraisal process based on a series of assumptions, and then there's an option to do a third appraiser appraisal from a third party, or the landowner in the town can negotiate based on those assumptions to see what the, the fair full value of, of that parcel could be. So um, I had like a handful of other slides on that, but um, many people really had a hard time even on the review process getting through them, so I took them out because it probably would extend this presentation another half hour. Um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I just, if anybody does have questions about that process, from at home, watching on Zoom, and the, I'm happy to answer them. <laughs> you may want to call me tomorrow or email me. I'm happy to do that, but just forewarn everybody when you ask questions, it, it just is very, very cumbersome and very extensive. The good news is, is over the last year, 14 months or so, um, the town uh, has been working with the landowner um, to reconcile those appraisals. And uh, tonight is the final result um, of that uh, in which the 120 days uh, will start clicking. So uh, we're gonna put up a map in a second for everybody to see again. There's some over there on the wall. Um, so the parcel being considered for purchase before the CPC tonight is about 113 acres. Parcel ID uh, 325033, which is 215 Prospect Street, otherwise known as Schmidt's Farm for those that, that know the land. Um, and the price before the CPC is 3.8 million. So we paid four and a half million for the 70 acres in Maple Hill earlier. This is 113 acres at 3.8 million. Um, show it on the maps as well. 
parcel does abut a couple of town-owned properties. Um, I will say, in looking at it, and we're going to show some in-depth maps in a minute, there, uh, it's a generally fairly landlocked piece of property. Unlike Maple Hill, um, there were not a lot of access points to this, um, but we'll show some potential areas uh, in a moment. And as part of this uh, deal and this proposal, the seller, uh, Schmitz Farm LLC, um, will retain two acres of the site of the 115 acres um, to build one home on the two acres. So here's an overview um, of the infamous corner right here on Prospect Street that most people know that goes up here towards Bellingham. Um, so first, before we get to the town piece, uh, this is the parcel that's proposed up in green. It's about 2.1 acres. This is the parcel that under the current proposal would allow John Schmidt and his family to construct one house uh, on that two acre lot. Um, I'll talk about it more in a minute about the subdivision plan that will be proposed before the planning board in a couple weeks. Um, but ultimately, the reason why a subdivision plan is needed is to ensure that both the 113-acre open space, the access, as well as the frontage for Mr. Schmidt's parcel, all are conforming to local zoning and are all conforming lots. So that's very important for at least Mr. Schmidt. It is important for the town as well, by the way, to make sure that both have conforming lots and that both have proper uh, entrance and egress into the parcel. We decided to go this route to stay away from complicated easements um, because eventually in the management of the parcel, as you can see on this edge, for those of you that are familiar with the driveway, it cuts down here and opens up into all the open space. Um, eventually the public is going to be able to access this right down here, obviously, is the main entrance point um, to the parcel and making sure that these are conforming lots with proper frontage before planning and conservation are critical. That driveway gives him his frontage? That driveway gives him the frontage, yep. And so there's no actual easements, and nobody's crossing over one parcel to the next. Each has clearly separated delineated areas that's on the, uh, the southern end. Right. Uh, all those structures coming down? Uh, no. We'll get to that one then. Okay. <laughs> um, so as part of the negotiation, the seller is responsible for the removal of all of the debris that you see around here. Uh, for those that are familiar, there's some piles of some tires and some other uh, farm equipment. Um, the Quonset Hut is that structure right there. The one right next to it is the barn, and this is the current residential structure. Um, the tenant will, or the seller, will have a transitionary period under this, uh, under this proposal to stay in the home uh, until July 1st of next year. Um, we have offered, based on the supply chain problems and just pouring foundations and weather, we've offered that if July 1st, for whatever reason, they have to come back to the town and there's a 60-day extension through August 31st in case they run into any issues. Um, and during the time that uh, Mr. Schmidt will stay in the residential home, um, they've also agreed to not only remove all the farm equipment, which they have to do anyway, um, and some of the piles that are around the barn, uh, but they will also be responsible to maintain the property, mow the lawns, until the DPW, which will be going up this fall, to take a look at the parcel and see what, uh, how they're going to plan on maintaining it. So very quickly, this is just a satellite view of the parcel at the 113 acres. Most people are probably familiar with these areas up here where the pumpkins were, some of the hay, some of the areas that uh, Mr. Schmidt uh, had farmed. But in context, you can see the town uh, uh, 
you know, acquires one of the last uh, largest pieces of open space left in Franklin. And up here in the corner is that little green uh, two acres that uh, we had just seen. So now in terms of uh, what the town, uh, what the parcel offers the town, uh, for many of you that went through the previous open space presentation last year, but for those at home, um, Schmidt Farm does represent one of the last uh, largest contiguous pieces of open space in Franklin, um, only to be competed with the two golf courses which are around the same size, and both are thriving, so I don't see any real likelihood the town would likely acquire any of those or they would even be for sale anytime soon. And then the Country Day area up there is probably pretty close, if not around 100 acres as well. Um, but in terms of those that are interested in large pieces of open space, contiguous areas, um, this is probably one of the last two parcels in town of this size um, and in this magnitude. Um, <laughs> while management decisions are far from being complete, um, we can envision uh, the potential of a dedicated caretaker or staff member, likely part-time. Uh, we would propose probably in the Environmental Affairs Division uh, of the DPW. Fortunately, our DPW director um, is a graduate of UMass Amherst and has an agricultural degree, so he is very much looking forward to uh, being engaged with the AgCom and some of the other folks in town about what the potentials are. The potential leasing opportunities are the two fields that I mentioned. Potential CSAs, we could lease out to uh, through an RFP to some farmers to be able to keep that land uh, going uh, on. Uh, there's certainly a potential for a community garden. I think anybody that pulls right into the driveway would see a nice spot right to the left at a bare minimum. Uh, but there's certainly potential for that. And many of the other things that we talk about in town in terms of pollinator pastures, meadows, uh, and hiking trails, particularly on the southern part of the parcel that abuts with the two other town-owned parcels. Um, there's some really great opportunities for some uh, connectivity down in the southern portion. You can kind of see it right over here on the left. There's about seven acres right there of town-owned land. And then uh, this little parcel here is one of the water pump stations. The town owns that. It's a place, so you could theoretically get uh, at least some sort of connectivity into the parcel this way where all the forest is on the southern half uh, of the uh, parcel. Just mentioned there was the connectivity to some of them. This map actually shows some of the starred areas, uh, which is where some potential access points are. I will say uh, off of Oak Ridge and Bald Hill, um, those easements are not uh, necessarily easements. <coughs> we have to build a trail tomorrow. We'd have to negotiate with those landowners about any access. Those are drainage easements that were already put in um, to those pieces of land. We'll go through them uh, in a second. Um, to your question earlier, Mr. Chairman, so I did take a visit down there at the town engineer and the building commissioner. In all likelihood, just standing here tonight without really going through them thoroughly, um, it would uh, the building commissioner would likely request uh, demolition of the home, demolition of the quantity. But um, I'm going to put them out on camera. Judging by the excitement of going into the barn with Gus. Um, <laughs> with Gus Brown, our building commissioner, uh, I think there's, a, there's definitely a future for the barn. Um, I thought the barn was gonna be in worse shape than it was. Uh, it doesn't even does. Um, but the structural integrity of it from the inside actually looks pretty good um, and would, I think, be a very big asset to that parcel. Um, and the building commissioner is very excited about it. I have a feeling he might even put a few hours of his own time into some of the restoration of the barn. 
Jimmy, is there anything historic about the bar, about any of the buildings around the site? Yeah. My guess is is that, um, well, it depends on how you define historic. Um, by the town bylaw, my guess is, is the structures both would have to go through the re respective uh, de demolition delay. Um, but the house is in the house is in tough. The residential structure is in tough shape. Um, it's going to be hard to really prove that there would be a historical value to the home. Uh, the barn, on the other hand, has some very unique character. Um, on the inside, for those that have been in it before, um, it's pretty wide open. Um, the structure is pretty good shape, um, and I think I think he's right. I think it would be a nice asset for the town. So I don't I don't anticipate as of right now. Um, going before the historical commission um, to take a demo permit out on the farm. Um, of course, for those that uh, have to drop the Panama's Challenge in, because there's a lot of Panama's Challenge writers, but this is slightly wrong group. Finally, definitive subdivision plan uh, will have to go before the planning board, and the public hearing on that is on October on October 17th. Who pays for the demo of the house? Town does. <coughs> um, so I just have up there uh, again represents one of the last largest pieces of land. We have some links to the various Oprah Space Master Plan and Chapter 61 analyses the town has done in previous years that shows that Schmidt Farm uh, is a big priority. One of the reasons in the open space plan, folks may see that um, that uh, Schmidt Farm was a little lower, a couple notches down below Maple Hill. Um, really revolved around the, the debate about how many house lots could be built on that parcel. Um, and ultimately, with the agreements that we have from the seller, uh, we've determined that there could have been right now, by right, 18 house lots built on that property, right now. Um, the biggest hiccup is in the middle of this parcel, right down the middle, for those of you familiar with it or if you've been on it, there's a brook, river, waterway, uh, perennial stream, right uh, in the middle, um, and that likely would have been the most contentious issue. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, um, that river that goes through the middle of the parcel, um, our feeling was at some point in time, somebody would likely find some way to probably be able to build a bridge or some sort of network over that. Even if it went through DEP, conservation, you know, we could all get into the tennis match of who, what, where, and how, but the likelihood is, um, is that someday, maybe not now, maybe not in five years, maybe not in 20 years, uh, at some point, uh, the perspective to get over that one permitting hurdle, um, at some point somebody would have been able to uh, possibly so just zooming in real quick, because folks always ask me uh, about these things. So um, here's the view over from uh, Bald Hill and Oak Ridge. So there's the parcel in there. There's where there would be an easement, a drainage easement here. But again, that would not mean any access. Uh, as of right now, we'd have to negotiate with the owner. Same thing on this side right here. And as you can see, the off here place, um, you can get into the town-owned parcel. And maybe at some point, through some crafty trails that uh, we could find a way from that road through here. This is the town on parcel through the Dishman Farm. Another view from Nicholas Drive. Um, so this is a drainage easement uh, over here via the town. The town owns this 
two acres uh, over here, which is a little stream as well. And then there is uh, an existing farming operation seasonal private easement right along here, uh, which I believe has, was used many, many years ago. I don't know recently how often or if it has been, uh, but there is technically a seasonal easement, uh, I believe, for access to this field right here. Sarsfield, Washington uh, area, so up here at Sarsfield, Lyons is up a little further north. Um, there really are no connectivity points. Uh, there are some unbuilt lots over here on the end, um, but nothing that I'm aware of for sale in any kind of way. Uh, and then Washington Street uh, is further down here, as folks can see that relationship. And finally, uh, again, as we pointed out earlier, uh, here's Prospect Street, the main corner that goes up uh, this quarter towards the bottom. So the finances, the fun stuff. Uh, so again, the purchase price uh, is 3.8 million. Uh, the proposal and crunching the numbers through the uh, treasurer collector and the finance director propose a 20 year borrowing using uh, Community Preservation Act funds. Um, just for the, uh, for the folks at home, uh, the town exercises its right of first refusal on this. This would have no impact on the operation, uh, on the operating budget. This would be solely uh, a borrowing used through uh, Community Preservation Act. So the annual debt and interest payment is, would be estimated at about $361,000 a year over 20 years. If you add up Maple Hill and Schmidt Farm combined, approximately, that's about $600,000 a year for both pieces of land um, over 20 years, which is about 40% or so of the annual revenue coming in to the CPA fund. So there's still, even, even with this purchase at a 4.5% interest rate, which is what the assumption is, um, there's still uh, plenty of operating capacity in the CPA budget from year after year through other projects that we've already approved, but many other parks and improvements as well. The total principal on this model would be 3.8, and the total interest uh, would be 1.8. Again, these are all estimates just for the folks watching at home. Uh, we would anticipate the borrowing happening on this very quickly. Um, I'm sure as everybody's aware, I was trying my hardest as all the staff can even attest to, to see how fast we could get this deal done before the Fed Reserve just jacked up another three quarters of a rate two weeks ago. Uh, but we know the Fed Reserve is gonna jack up another rate of another three quarters of a percent within the right in time for Christmas. Um, and so uh, there is some level of urgency um, to all of this. So just quick math, it's 360,000 20 years, that's 7.2 million. Yep. But 3.8 and 1.8 add up to 5.6. Good question. Here's the financial model. So we assume the interest rate over on the side in the blue, and then the interest rate here based on that, and so you get the, the one year payments right here. Uh, so this is the projected numbers um, over on the side. Um, you're right, I don't know exactly where that math uh, necessarily goes wrong, but um, those are the numbers given to us by the finance department uh, right there at 4.5%. I'm wondering if it's because the payments would not be equal. 
maybe be front loaded and yeah. stay, you know, st stay downward, maybe on the interest. And you can see up here for some other models, um, uh, at three and a quarter percent, or three and three quarters percent, four percent, four and a quarter, um, you know, right on down. So obviously we would hope that we would get a lower interest rate, but I think we're kind of preparing for at least four and a half, possibly maybe a little bit more. And then there's some open space uh, resources and links. Questions, comments, and public input. Does anybody really have a question? I have one before we open it up. Does the town have any money that they can put towards us? Mm -hmm. The only thing, the only cash the town has that can afford is the open space, open space stabilization account, two and a half million. Um, can't say it's right or wrong. I think the same discussion came up at Maple Hill. Um, we did use the old Pond Street sewer bed cash for that one as a cash deposit. Um, my gut tells me with, with some capacity in CPA, that's the right move because the cash in hand not only enables us to have still its good reserves for our, for our bond rating, um, but I can also assure someday something will come up where we won't be able to plan for something. And having a little extra cash on hand probably is a wise financial decision. Yeah. So is this the two uh, parcels? This. You said it's forty percent of our park, of the bucket. Is that up? Is Approximately. That if you just do, we were doing two sixty, three sixty one to your five. We had about six hundred twenty thousand on annual payments, and you're bringing in one point four million a year. That's not including, by the way, the rise in value of property and the fact that each year afterwards you're essentially going up, you know, a couple percent in your revenue for CPA. But based on what you have now, and probably for the next few years, it's about 40%. 45, 43. Yeah. Chris is the calculator, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just ballpark, like him and I both are ballpark numbers. That's, a, that's about that. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. Yeah. I actually have a question. And that 40%, that is for, that would be for this as and Maple Hill combined? Yeah. A few people, I think, would ask the question, well, how does this relate to the overall CPA fund? And we just bought a big piece of open space, so if we buy another one, what's the total capacity of the money? I think if you're getting up near 60%, 70% and you're occupying all of it with just these two purchases, you're, you know, you're putting the town in a position to not be able to do anything for a long time. Um, but given that it's still only 40%-ish, 45%, you still have plenty of room without triggering those 10% um, requirements for those three categories. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, just uh, in terms of either of these uh, these open space lots at Maple Hill and Schmidt Farm, uh, so given that affordable housing is one of the things that falls, falls under the uh, Community Preservation Act purview here, would, would there be potential at some point down the line for a part, certainly not all, of like either of these lots, but a part to be used for affordable housing? Nope. Got to put a conservation restriction on it. Okay. Yep. Thank you. We could, uh, we could use possibly, I think, uh, I think to Jeff's question earlier, we could possibly maybe use historic preservation money, possibly on the barn. But my proposal right now would be for the council to actually just appropriate the money for the demolition of the house. Mm -hmm. 
get all the transactions, you know, have them build this house and wait a year and then assess the barn issue probably next year. Thank you. Yes. What is the purpose of buying this land? Is it usable for the for residents of the uh, town to go up there and walk their dogs or camp out or do anything like that? It's, it's a good question. I think, I think it, you know, I gave a little list early, you know, a little while ago of the potential stuff. Um, what I'm going to ask is that the committee that goes through, and we'll get to this a little later in the agenda, we're, we're about to embark on an open space and recreation master plan. Um, our plan is up at the end of the year. We were required by the state to do another seven-year plan. Um, with buying both pieces, particularly, I have not even had a chance to get the staff to even analyze the parking lots or the hiking trails up at Maple Hill. Um, I'd like to not duplicate and have multiple staff or committees doing multiple things. So when the open space plan goes through, Rick, I think the, the plan would be is to have that committee look at what the final uses would be for this parcel. I think clearly public access is going to be a big part of it. I think clearly over 60-70% of the land is forested. So I think there's no question there would be some sort of uh, walking opportunities and if you want to call it hiking, my version of hiking is hiking through the woods for 75 miles, so most people probably don't want to do that, but you could easily have some nice uh, walking trails. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I do think it has been a parcel that has had an agricultural use to it for probably 100, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. So I think there's gonna likely be some use of some piece of this, I would hope, that the town would be able to keep as active agricultural land. But instead of a third party doing it, the town would be the, the landowner and we would do the RFP, the lease, um, with any owner, with any prospective farmers that might want to uh, lease the property. Anyone else? Is there anyone in the audience? Yes, sir, if you could come up to the, the mic, say your name and your address, please. Um, I just, my name is Lawrence Rettner. Um I'm a former member of the Conservation Commission. You mentioned there's a, a stream down the middle. Is that a perennial stream or intermittent? Perennial. It's perennial. That means the perennial stream, there can be no development within 200 feet of that river, a stream. So, you Mr. Chairman, to Larry's point, So you walk in here up at the access point. This right here is where a minimum of eight of the homes could go. They also have access agreements through this side. You could do another eight over here. The point I was trying to make earlier is you're right. There's a 200 foot river tax protection zone on either side. But there's still far more acreage to build homes than what's within those 200 feet on each side of the stream. That's right. The street probably goes somewhere through here. And I just want to find out if it's perennial or intermittent. Perennial stream, no development within 200 feet. Thank you. I'm a short Thank you. Uh, my name is Cynthia Garbasi. I live at 9 Prospect Street. Um, you might actually know my name from formerly owning Grateful Farm. 
which is an abutting land in a diagonal sense towards the very bottom tip of that property. No, I think it's all the way down the bottom down there. But oh no, I'm looking at the no. angle wrong. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that top tip. Yes. Um, it is beautiful land, and there are so many uses that I think the town could use for it that would be so much better than building houses. You say 60 houses now, I know the last proposal a few years ago was 53 houses, which obviously didn't work, thankfully. Um, I can tell you, just from being neighbors to them, my children go out there in the fields from that corner, and they can fly kites, they can run through the fields, it's beautiful land, that the possibilities for families, for residents is endless. Um, I could easily see, especially the farmable land that was previously being farmed, where you can see the fields are there. The idea of a community farm, um, community gardens, that we have a small area of gardens, but I think that those plots are always full. To have more areas for people to be able to go out and grow their own food, learn about growing their own food. There's so much interest in that, and I think it's growing every day. Uh, an area that we live in in Massachusetts, it's um, becoming very popular to go organic and grow your stuff yourself. And, uh, I would love to see that grow. I would love to take part in it. Um, and I think there's just, just so many possibilities that it's worth the money now than to see something later on that's going to end up costing the town more, too. I know when the, one of the major issues uh, a few years ago was also the um, burden on the waterways and the water getting to these homes that were going to go out there. And so those ideas of what will cost the town more money later on versus allowing us to use this land in a nice way to preserve our open space. Because I just want to throw that out there as consideration. Um, I also, many, uh, I can see on our Zoom, I see a few of my neighbors on there. I was able to reach out to many of our neighbors that were involved in the property proposals a few years ago and were saying the same things, that they would love to see this. Unfortunately, not as many came tonight as I would have hoped. But the ideas were, you know, how much they would love to see that property really usable by the town. Where even right now, so much is restricted that we can't, you know, it's privately owned. <laughs> the fact that my kids go on there is only because we know the family. <laughs> it's uh, be a great area. Um, could you say your name again? Cynthia Garbowski. Okay, thank you. Green Yes, sir. I'm short, too. <laughs> Robert Pantano, 10 Prospect Street. Jamie, great presentation, really informative, and thank you very much. Thank that you. was awesome. Thank you all for your work on this cause. It's important. So I have thought about this in a lot of different ways and have given more than one um, spirited discussion to various boards and councils in this town before. I think this would be a great thing and a good follow-up on the CPA actually being enacted. The town, historically, in my humble opinion, for decades has had a pretty um, friendly view towards development. When I graduated from high school, which I won't say when, I uh, <laughs> believe 5% of the land in this town was developed and I shudder to know what that number is right now. We have a pretty much perpetual water issues, even though one former town council member once told me that we actually have so much water we sell it to Norfolk. I have no idea if that's true or not. Um, 
I actually have lived near the Schmitz since I was a wee lad of four when I moved to this town. I worked for their for John's parents. Um, it's a great parcel and it is a bit landlocked. Yeah, you can squeeze 16 houses on. John absolutely has the right, as you all know, to do what's best in his interest to live out the rest of his life and be comfortable. And I support that a ton and I support John no matter what this outcome is. That being said, this I think is a preferred outcome. You know, we now went from large developments to lots more strip malls and multi-hundred plex apartment units. And I hope a lot of those have significant percentages of affordable housing in them because, you know, to me the town has sort of not really had a good compass as to what it really wants the character to be. And sadly to me, it's looking more and more like you know, not great parts of Route 9 in Framingham, which at least converted itself to a mayoral form of government uh, a number of years ago, which I'm an advocate for here, actually, although I don't want to take that burden on by myself, and I have done significant research around it, but that's a topic for a different day. Um, I think that uh, the proposal and the details, as articulated by Jamie's PowerPoint um, show a lot of possible uses for this and I think this is sort of the best of both worlds you know um, so I think it would be a good thing I implore you to think about you know that and the positives you know maybe it's time for the town to turn around a little bit from this I apologize for the phrase, but almost scorched earth approach to development that's been going on for so long and try to bring some character back to it. And I think it's a very incremental step-by-step -step process whose ship may have already sailed, but this is, a, this is a great notch to do that. Maple Street is a great notch to do that. And candidly, although I know I'm one nominal vote, the CPA being enacted, I think, is the voters saying that they want that as well, you know? Um, so that's all I got off the top of my head. Thank you for listening. I appreciate, again, all of your work and your efforts, and uh, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Is there anyone at home that would like to speak? Um, please, Pat, Pat Rallinger. Hi everyone, uh, Mr. Chair, thank you very much. Um, Pat Gallagher, I live at Tucohasset Way, um, the chair of the Conservation Commission. Um, just wanted to say uh, how much I appreciate the presentation and, and your consideration of this. Um, I, I, you know, to echo others, I think uh, this is a special opportunity and um, to not take advantage of it, um, I think would be a mistake um, for the town and, and um, I, I you know, uh, as Jamie was saying, there are not abundant parcels of land um, and areas to um, to perpetually devote to an open space agricultural use such as this one. And, and so, again, I, I'm very much in support, um, and and just wanted to uh, you know echo what the others have said that you know I, I think this is at the core of what the CPA is all about, 
Um, and thanks again for your consideration. Thank you. Uh, Deborah and Douglas. Uh, yes, I, I just wanted to add in, I'm a resident, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to add in, I'm a resident of Prospect Street, and I can't say enough about um, the importance of preserving this farm and the land for the people of Franklin. Um, when I moved here 30 years ago, yes, I know it was part of the big development of, of Franklin, but it was um, part of my husband's role to be part of the Scenic Road Committee. And um, we're proud to be residents of Franklin's uh, first Scenic Road, and the Schmidt Farm is very much a part of that. And I, I just say that I think it would be wonderful, um, also as a longtime CSA member, um, to preserve the agricultural land um, of Franklin. And so I support this and I really appreciate the presentation and uh, the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Thank you. Linda, Noel. Um, hello, thank you for the opportunity to address you tonight. My name is Linda Noel. I'm a farmer. I run Tedalpin Farm Linda's Tomatoes down on Lincoln Street. I'm also a member of the Agricultural Commission. I'd like to throw my support behind this parcel of land. I know certain members of the town have been looking at it for a long time. It's a beautiful piece of land, and it will give us a unique opportunity to have the community farm that we've been talking about for a long time, to work with the community gardens to expand that, but also to be able to move into the schools with a farm to agriculture program. Um, I apologize, I came straight from work and I really don't have to prepare remarks, but I just wanted to let you know that among the citizens of the town that I have talked to, those who supported and voted for the CPA, this is what we had in mind. As a matter of fact, this was one of the properties we had in mind when we voted for it. So I just thank you for your consideration and your time, and I urge you to please vote yes. Thank you. Do you see anyone else? Nope. No. Nobody that hasn't spoken. Um, anyone on the council want to add anything else? Is just really quick, Mr. Chairman. So I just wanted to um, speak really quickly to Cynthia's comments and how they to Rick. I, I don't pretend to know all the right answers as to how every acre might be used. But when I heard the story about kites and things. Um, you know, there is a plausible scenario, and that's why I want to not make all decisions and make sure this goes through a proper planning process, is just because on the uses I have up here, possible leasing for agricultural purposes, doesn't mean the town has to do that or the decision is made. Um, this field up here in the corner could very well be used uh, by fan, you know, but it may not be leased out. I just want to make sure everybody's aware that the uses on the slide aren't predetermined decisions, this is gonna be a much more extensive and probably complicated process to figure out what the final uses are on this parcel because there are so many possible uses. 
Um, and the investment that will have to go into this property will be, in the long run, an operating cost for the town. Uh, but um, you know, everybody here would be really excited to certainly figure out what the uses are that are there. But when I, you know, just to, bring, it's not like I've decided or Brutus or somebody else every inch of how this is going to get determined. It's still wide open, and where things go, and where gardens go, or pastures go, or meadow, that's up to the community to decide. That'll be decided probably over the course of the next year or two. So I just want to make sure that everybody's aware there is still a very open and active input process that should be occurring relative to both this parcel and Maple Hill, uh, as well as open space in town. Thank you. So there's a huge list of things that we could potentially do on this property, some that we may not even have thought of. Yeah, some, uh, which goes down to zero if we don't buy it. Which goes to yeah. nothing if you don't buy it, because yes. they only make it once. Right. That's correct. Yes. Um, I, I just want to echo um, comments from a couple of the people who spoke in terms of the vision of the voters voting in CPA and I agree that this this is was my vision certainly when CPA was when I voted for CPA and I think um, it's a great opportunity there will be no more land produced they don't make it um, so to me I think the voters in good faith have given us this this opportunity you know this opportunity for voting it in and I think it's um, really up to us to, um, to really think about that and how we can best use these funds. And I, I am all in favor of this. I think it's a great move. Is there a motion? Uh, motion to vote on recommending use of CPA funds for purchase of the town council. Second. Is there any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Passes 8 0. Uh, next on the agenda is Community Preservation Master Plan Version 2. Okay. Uh, so through you, Mr. Chair, there's two subsections on for tonight. I just want to make sure I'm clear. The first one is actually a vote and a recommendation we need from the CPC. Um, as outlined in my fiscal forecast, we had designed out the Red Brick Schoolhouse reno in like March. And by the time we went out to bid, uh, the price went up a little bit. Uh, so the first recommendation, if it's okay with the committee, is to approve the additional $50,000 for, uh, for the Red Brick Schoolhouse renovation. Um, otherwise, that'll have to come out of Mike D'Angelo's uh, facilities <laughs> operating budget. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, and then the second one, I just want to go through some project updates. Is there, so you want to vote on the yeah. 50000 Is there a motion? Motion to approve the thousand thousand for our schoolhouse. Second. Is there any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes the nothing. Uh, and then through you, Mr. Chairman, to the remaining four or five uh, items, I just wanted to make a mention, just to give, see how everybody is now well aware the Red Brick Schoolhouse <laughs> is being renovated. Um, the Nason Street Tot Lot also, um, Originally, we were planning to do some of the um, some of the uh, some of the work uh, on the ground, um, but the cost of all of that, all of those types of projects, have gone through the roof. Um, and so we're going to hold off doing the clearing on the parcel till the spring, um, and we will be back to the committee with an updated uh, cost estimate. 
Um, we believe, you know, it just depends on inflation at this point. You know, if there's going to be any relief by next year, there may or may not be. It could be worse. It could be better. But uh, under the current conditions, we don't feel that 300000 is going to be enough to get that project done. Ryan is plenty busy. Um, and we were only planning on doing a minor amount of work this fall, so we're just going to punt on that for now. Um, we'll get back to that project uh, in the spring. Uh, once the red brick schoolhouse is done, uh, which I also anticipate in the spring, is when we will look at the cupola. Uh, the red brick schoolhouse is scheduled to be completed by Thanksgiving. Um, and then Mike will get, uh, the facilities manager will be on uh, the design of the cupola on top of the historical museum to get that ready for spring. King Street Memorial Park, we are very excited to let people know that um, Ryan's been doing a great job looking at the entire parcel. As many of you remember, there was a lot of pickleball advocates in this room not too long ago. Um, and we just said, that's great, we're all in favor of pickleball, but we, we need to look at the lighting, um, the paths up there are destroyed, there's a lot of walkers. Um, we don't have an official date yet, but we are looking to October and or November. We're gonna make sure everybody's aware but there will be a public hearing at some point at King Street to show and get input from everybody and see the first rendering of what a new concession stand would be with the pickleball courts and additional parking and a variety of other uh, amenity improvements. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the town-wide open space and recreation plan process is gonna get started soon. Um, we are still working on what that process may be. Traditionally, the Conservation Commission has kind of uh, at least managed that project. But the irony is, is that um, when you do an open space plan, the folks that are on this committee then go to another committee. So we're trying to decide whether or not to have the Conservation Commission do the whole thing, but then appoint many other folks like rec board advisor, you know. So we're still toying with the idea that maybe CPC might be the best place because you're already represented of all these other committees. So just an FYI uh, to look forward to that in the next couple months. And then the state, state matching funds. Um, we estimate about 400,000 will be the matching amount allotment, um, which is great news. Um, and hopefully by the time we meet next month or in December, we will know exactly how much those matching funds are uh, because the town will be getting its first uh, allotment in matching funds, which is exciting. So. That's just a quick project update, Mr. Chairman. Happy to answer your questions as well. Does anyone have a question? Comment. Jamie Dwayne is the next meeting scheduled. It is November 8th. November 8th. So no one has any questions? Election day. We just we have a conflict. It's a school committee meeting. Oh, it is? I was just informed. I think what the reason why was um, we might have crossed paths on, usually do them the first and third weeks, right? For the second and fourth? Second and fourth. Yeah, yeah. Second and fourth? Second and fourth, yeah, we're still coming out. Okay. Yeah. So then we could do it on November 1st. If everybody's available. Does that work? Yeah. Because right. okay. then um, 
Because then the only other option would be November 15th. Either the first or the 15th. I would prefer the 15th. I'm sorry, the first. The first? Yes, please. Anything else, Jimmy? That's it. Any motion? Motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.